0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Disruption Dialogues, a Markets and Markets podcast series for growth minded strategy, market intelligence and comparative intelligence professionals. Today our host Pranjal Sharma is in discussion with Aniket Patange, Head of Artificial Intelligence and Innovation at Hitachi. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disruption Dialogues, I'm Pranjal Sharma, I'm an author based in New Delhi and today I'll be in discussion with Aniket Patange. Thanks for joining us today Aniket. Thank you. We're going to be discussing a very interesting topic about EVs, but we're going to be talking about how to make cities EV ready, which means that while we talk about from a passenger perspective that EVs are very useful, but a whole ecosystem has to come into the picture and be established in every city for EVs to really succeed. So, you know, I'd like you to begin by telling us a little bit about when we talk about getting cities ready, it's clearly a huge effort. So, what are the various elements that a city has to prepare for to ensure that EVs are successful?
1: Yeah, Pranjal, uh, I think this is a global phenomenon now that we are facing this uh, turbulence in the climate. And especially after the COVID, climate change has taken a forefront. And in that journey, uh, I think it's very important to see uh, where we are from an EV adoption perspective. So all said and done, uh, every country wants to you know, invest into this. There's a five trillion uh, investment in terms of clean energy from the US side. The European uh, Union itself has a clear large goal in terms of electrification, and uh, nearly 800 billion is uh, invested per year now there in Europe. And the uh, UK has a 10 point plan where they want to by 2030 spend around uh, four billion pounds in terms of investments toward EV. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, while the government is very clear uh, what they want to do, but there are obviously some challenges which we have to look at. And what are they? I mean, there are barriers, I would say. First, uh, in terms of getting into the EV space. Now, what is your real goal from an organization perspective, from a country perspective? Is it a financial stability or a sustainable stability that you're looking from a climate perspective? It might be that, you know, we are approaching time to replace and considering EV as an option. But moving into EV, considerably from an IC engine perspective, we need to do a lot of study. So, you know, this is something that comes in the beginning, the first part of it. You know, how do you, if you have to invest, how do you justify an ROI?
0: You know, what are the costs? Before we go into that, when you give these uh, figures of multi-billion dollars plans and uh, budgets being created. There are two questions I have related to that. One, that these may be at a national or a multilateral level, but they have to be deployed at a city level. So there'll have to be a plan for each city. And secondly, I would assume that it it also involves some kind of public-private participation where the private sector is equally involved. So can you help us understand how these two points are going to work?
1: Yeah, so I think from an investment perspective, uh, as you said rightly, there is there is government and there is a public private partnership which is investing and there are specific interests which have been laid down. You know, the first thing to start is uh, what kind of vehicles do you choose? From a sustainability perspective, is it the IC itself, which is the most modern, or is it the EV that you want to implement? All of that is done only if you have a cost-benefit analysis, the total cost of ownership in terms of getting into EV from an IC. What kind of vehicles are you going to choose? What is the charging infrastructure? What is your charging strategy? What is your pricing strategy in terms of the utility cost? Is your grid geared up to uh, you know generate that kind of a power? These are all the things that uh, perhaps one has to look. So in terms of getting the answer to your questions, are we EV ready? Well, there have been efforts uh, in these directions, uh, but they are all uh, in silos. So there are multiple engagements, multiple partners who are trying to play from a product perspective, from a solution perspective, from a services perspective, but very few of them really focus on an end-to-end journey. That's to help an organization, a country, or even getting into a PPP model where there's an investor, there's a financer, there's a technology solution provider, and there's an operator, right? So these are some of the complex questions that we answer. We help answer actually
0: for uh, our prospects and our customers. So That's actually the next point that I was coming to. What what exactly is Hitachi doing in this So. There will be several elements to it. There will be charging stations, there will be connection to the electricity grid. There would also be a layer of software which is managing the the entire system. So what is the role that Hitachi is playing here? Okay, so I think
1: uh, there are five steps, if I may outline in this journey uh, where Hitachi helps. So the first one is actually in terms of evaluation. Uh, We need to have a strategic alignment with your goals. Uh, As I said, uh, from the financial perspective and from a sustainability perspective. So an assessment of the ecosystem, finding out what are the uh, attributes that are required to convert or rather move towards EV. So the vehicle type, uh, the TCOs, the operation capabilities, uh, the kind of charging infrastructure, All of these things are very important. The second one is to find out actually if your grid is ready. You know, so grid is ready uh, in terms of generating power. But you know, the kind of influx that happens when EVs get adopted. Today, there are few numbers. But as we move forward, as more and more EVs get on the picture, there's a load uh, on the grid. So is the grid ready? I mean, is there a digitization layer on that? So what is the uh, capability of the grid? How much of off-peak, on-peak? What is the scale charging that is required? Uh, These are some of the things that we study. I mean, getting into that, uh, is just the first part in terms of setting it up. But in terms of managing it, we want to connect it on a digital platform. So, in terms of finding out what kind of services uh, outlay there. So, for example, how do you manage the assets? These are all capital intensive assets where you can't have a downtime. So, how do you manage the asset? How do you integrate that? For example, the grid, the charging infrastructure, and the asset itself. How do you bring in a complete harmony in the entire system is in terms of the digital platform and having said all these things you need to need to still have a break even and you need to have a roi to getting on to the optimization basically in terms of how do you operate them how do you reduce the downtime how do you have less of maintenance and how do you make it more optimal in terms of uh, utilization of the vehicles itself or the charging infrastructure itself it becomes
0: important in in terms of examples can you share a couple of examples or cases where hitachi uh, would have worked with cities or governments to set up these systems as you are explaining
1: yeah, so I think we have done uh, three implementations. One is connecting Geneva Airport to the suburban Geneva, where we have uh, implemented a mass rapid transport uh, system of buses. These are uh, around 18 meters of buses, and it actually has around 133 passengers per bus. And we have deployed some super fast DC chargers, which can charge around 600 kilowatt in just 20 seconds. You know, that's a flash charging and this passenger system can take around uh, 10,000 plus passengers per day on the travel routes. And we have already covered around 600,000 kilometers. Now, what has it done? It has actually helped reduce uh, 1000 tons of uh, emissions per year. That's the kind of uh, savings that we have enabled in terms of CO2 emissions reducing the atmosphere and also that we have reduced 10 decibel noise levels. I mean, we've got into half of what existed earlier. So not only that we are looking at carbon emissions, but we are looking at noise also. So this is the first implementation that we did at Switzerland. The second one that we did was in uh, downtown Nantes in France, uh, where we have 24 meters buses. And uh, you know we have around 22 buses that we have implemented. And there is one bus which operates for every two minutes and 45 seconds. And it has a capacity of around 155 passengers per bus. And again, uh, super flash charging uh, DC, uh, around 600 kilowatts in just around 40 seconds. That's the second implementation. And the third implementation we have done in uh, Australia, uh, where we again have 24 meters bus, and uh, there the capacity is uh, again around 155, and one bus every three minutes. So there are different kinds of charging. We have a blend of terminal charging, as well as depot charging, and the power of around 600 kilowatts in just around uh, 60 seconds.
0: And is it also, uh, you know, something like this is fascinating because, you know, these huge buses to do a rapid charging would also mean there's a rapid turnaround for them. So there's not a lot of downtime. But what about passenger vehicles? Because, I mean, one question for me is about passenger vehicles and also uh, do you see similar projects becoming successful in emerging markets as well?
1: So I think the category of of the segment that we are dealing with is is more in terms of the commercial vehicles and also the public transport authorities that we work with because we have high-end DC flash charging, you know, so we work on those higher capacities. Yeah, but I think we're also trying to innovate at our end, uh, at Hitachi level, to get into the segment where we can supply power to the passenger cars and uh, passenger vehicles also. Nevertheless, you know, if it comes to a, a charging infrastructure where a service provider wants to operate and manage a large field, you know, where you could have maybe hundred and more of such charging points for even passenger cards. Well, that can be done, actually. Do you see
0: traction happening in emerging markets also, Aniket?
1: I'm uh, strategically based in uh, Middle East and North Africa and Dubai and uh, you know, so many governments have taken the lead. We are hosting uh, COP27 and 28 in this region. It's happening in Egypt this year and next year it is in UAE and uh, already they have taken steps. We are working with these governments to see how we can do some prototypes, implement some of these projects uh, on a small scale basis and see how we
0: can scale it up to the next level. So already efforts are on. You spoke about the business models, Aniket, so I think it's also going to be interesting to see what would this be, because what will be the revenue model? Uh, How will technology enable that the payment system is there? At the end, I think users uh, also need to have transparency. So in your deployment of new tech and and even artificial intelligence, you're also able to predict the usage from uh, different categories of consumers. How is that playing out? I think from a business model perspective, these are actually long-drawn projects where the
1: gains are not immediately on the day one. Okay, so uh, what is more efficient is that you make the break-even uh, faster. You know, perhaps it's a few years but we need to always advance that. So it all depends upon the revenue model that you have. Now, uh, you may implement the best of infrastructure there, but if you don't have the right operating tools with you, you may fail, which means you you may have downtimes, you may have times where the buses are not on the field, on the ground, uh, on the routes, so, you need to actually protect that. So, one is that you have a basic charge which is levied to the passenger. But there are other avenues in this whole business where the investors actually would find alternate investment in terms of retail, on let's say on the routes that we have, especially on the bus routes. You will have uh, several areas where you will have recreation facilities. So, there could be, apart from the, the business that is generated by the transit system itself, uh, you could have uh, different ways of uh, getting revenue on the retail basis. So an investor really has to be cognizant about this. He has to provision all these things in his long-term business plan. We as technology suppliers and enablers are building the best efficient systems and providing the operating tools so that the chances of failures are minimal.
0: And again, in terms of your own role as you are heading innovation as well as artificial intelligence, would you share some of the work that you have done in this field? Yeah, I
1: think one is uh, we are integrating some ticketing system in this area. Now we would identify the count of people, the moment of people, use that information to actually mobilize the uh, services. The first thing that we have done. We are also trying to bring in technologies that can prevent failures, for example, on a real-time basis, monitoring the critical asset performance, you know, on the battery side of it, on the performance of the buses itself, the driver behavior itself, pulling in artificial intelligence to predict some things that could add to your enhance your revenues, right? So, uh, these are certain
0: efforts that we are trying to do and, and more in taking. Great. So, in terms of AI, what are the various ways in which AI is being used within the uh, EV space, especially when related to cities? in the mass rapid transport
1: systems that we have deployed we are trying to in fact bring in sensors uh, so you know you could monitor the count of passengers in a vehicle uh, you could monitor the movement of them in a given area and basically then mobilize some feeder services especially in terms of the buses that are flying where i said you know every 3 minutes there's a bus uh, what would be the time that you know these uh, services will be enhanced for example In a peak time, you may have as many buses uh, and the same you may not have them in the off-peak hours. So how do you determine that? And we use technologies in terms of sensors, cameras, and all to monitor the movement of people, count of the people, and then accordingly mobilize that. The ticketing system is also enhanced on uh, your smartphones. You could have an entry inside a station using your mobile phones. We're trying to develop some technologies. We're also trying to uh, see if we can use uh, alternate technologies as palm reading reading to identify a person and uh, get to his billing cycles. So many, many such initiatives that we are trying as a part of innovation.
0: Perfect, Aniket. So, you know, this sounds very exciting and thanks so much for sharing your work and the work being done by Hitachi. I think a comprehensive and a cohesive view on uh, making cities EV friendly is exactly what the world needs. So thanks so much for sharing uh, these thoughts and joining us for this conversation. Sure, uh, my pleasure. Uh, thank you for inviting me. And to everybody who was listening in, thank you so much. Uh, I was in conversation with Aniket Batange head of Artificial Intelligence and Innovation at Hitachi. Do subscribe to Disruption Dialogues for uh, more such interesting episodes. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hashtag Disruption Dialogues. If you are a strategy or market intelligence professional, we invite you to join our community on LinkedIn, Hashtag Disruption Dialogues.